I'm doing great, Darren. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. So, firstly, thank you very much for uh, for accepting my invitation and accepting not to be on my show. No, not a problem. It's uh, it's a pleasure. So, I thought to tell about you and uh, the work that you are doing and uh, your work experience in detail to my audience. Sure, sure. If that's uh, if that's useful, more than happy to uh, to share. It's uh, it's been a it's been a long. Uh, a long and tortuous road so <laughs> so uh, before talking about uh, you and uh, your work can you please introduce yourself sure yeah um my name is um darren fullwell i'm a um gosh a product evangelist for a company called ip fabric who um we produce uh, network assurance automated network assurance software so it's all about building and understanding what how networks work and then presenting that in an automated fashion. So uh, uh, there's loads of networking, detailed networking um, design and, and engineering work there combined with network automation, which of course is what everyone's super interested in at the moment. So yeah, it's an interesting job. You are from? I'm from uh, near Manchester in, in England. So uh, is uh, where I'm based. And always have been actually. It's uh, I don't think I'd ever want to to travel. A um, little bit of a long way from from where you are at the moment. So uh, you are a uh, network architect. Yeah, I, I that's been my role for for quite um, quite a while. Yeah, I mean I I interestingly that that's part of what I do now is as a as a job is is the network architecture i'm actually kind of lucky enough to do a lot of automation stuff now as well as part of what i do but um yeah i i have been in the networking space for a long time i i probably you could probably go back to like the 1990s um when i i really sort of started in that space um and so yeah gosh 30 years almost so um yeah, I've been doing this thing quite a while. Started as a support guy, did my uh, support, did my certifications, learned how to build projects and, and design networks and then into network architecture. Um, yeah, the way the you know grows with the experience, right? So uh, you started uh, as, uh, uh, in uh, Manchester Metropolitan University, network officer, information system officer, admin yeah. support officer. Uh, I think it's 1997. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back a little bit further than that because I, I did a, a degree um, at Manchester University um, many many years ago finished in 1992 in computer science and and while i was doing that i took some summer jobs and one of the summer jobs i had was working on wow um thick ethernet um thin ethernet environment with novell um servers so all of these things probably don't mean a great deal to people um go back and check your history um but but basically what what it um what with that and the study i i kind of got a, a bit of a bug for networking straight away because i could 
with with those old networks you you, ha you saw the cables running between the computers you saw the cables going into into the bridges that, that connected those cables together and then to the circuits that ran off to another location and and you could almost you could almost hear the collisions of of frames as they were being transmitted onto the cables you know it was it was that kind of thing you were so close to the networking actually as it happened so it was a real i don't know it really appealed to me very strongly because i understood the theory and i could see the practice and so when i left university and, and started work at um at the, the the university down the road um it, i started as a support guy right working on um on desktop pcs and and using word perfect right a, a word processor that's long and long dead now but at the time was the biggest one that, that people were using I, I was a support guy for word perfect and it grew and grew and grew into into the server side of things into into the networking um and over about five years, like you say, to, to sort of 1997, 1998, that sort of period, that was where I was. I was moving into networks as as my role and really getting into um, routing, switching, oh gosh, ATM, um, FDDI, all of these old networking technologies, again, that are long dead now, but, um, but were super important at the time, so. Yeah, it was a really good way. That sort of place is great because the pressures aren't the same as being in a commercial environment. And so I was able to experiment a bit and able to to try things and able to learn, spend time learning. Um, and that was that was super positive for me because it meant that I could really, really get into it. In, in a way that I probably couldn't have done if I was working for a, a commercial organization at that time. So uh, completing your degree in computer science and uh, 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 doing the practical things, uh, seeing how networks works, uh, how the wires are connected, how things are, the, the information transfer is happening, seeing completely uh, the real environment. So how was your feeling? What was your first experience that when you came from theory to practical? Yes, good question. I, th I think the, the, the important thing was the knowing the fundamentals right and 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 being able to to have in my mind right i know how how ethernet frames are put onto a wire so i know what goes into them in order to get them from one place to another so i know how a pc picks that up off the wire and what it does with it once it processes it and so on and so all of that stuff really was, was no it was fantastic because what it meant was when i actually sat down at a pc and started connecting to services that were across that network and remember at that time we weren't really using internet um services this was all local stuff we were we were barely using tcp ip at that stage we, most of the services we were running using ipx to, to the novell servers that we had on the um on the the local network so we were literally going no further than the local segment, um, and so so everything everything was there in front of you. You you had you had a sniffer right that you could put onto the wire to see what was going on um, across that network, and that was it. So you were literally dealing with with 
MAC addresses, with frame formats, with, with all of those, those things at that fundamental layer, okay, before you even worry about TCP IP and that sort of stuff layered on top. So it was it was brilliant because it because you like I say you you were so close to the signals on the wire and being able to really understand what was going on um, and having had that opportunity to study it first meant that I you know I had a, a head start really because I was already already understood that already knew that and so it made it easier to understand what was happening then when you started looking at the at the the uh, um, packet captures on on uh, on sniffer so yeah it was super useful so any any experience that you cannot forget as a network officer at that time it's too long but do you remember anything <laughs> it's, well, it's not that long um now i remember my my first day in in an actual network job so so um i was given the opportunity um to do some changes and I mean, these these are problems that, that we all, you know, we all face at some stage, I suppose. But my very first change, I remember it was so we used to use these things, um, these managed hubs, which were a bit like a switch, uh, like a chassis based switch now. But it was in, instead of every um, instead of having every switch port on a VLAN and that sort of thing, it was it was completely different. What you did was you had a um, common bus across the back of this this hub all of the line cards connected to these to these bus and what you could do you could partition the 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 um the bus across the back to to create separate segments so you didn't have vlans vlans didn't exist at that point this was all about being able to partition this 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 multi um blade hub and the and the way that we used to use it was to have have separate networks we'd have, have an administrative network We'd have a student network and we'd have an academic network in the middle. Um, and we'd have routers that, that would route between them um, elsewhere. And <laughs> when when you configure um, when you configure a server, a Novell server, you have to make sure that it's configured with the right network and, and so it can broadcast its um, its position and so people understand what services it's providing, that sort of thing. Um, but there's a there's a bit of a problem if you configure it on the wrong network and it sees conflicting networks, it beeps. Simple. It's just just the normal PC bell beep beep beep. And until you know instantly, right? Okay, I need to change that because I've I've made a mess of it. Fine. My problem was I went in my very first day. This was I was given this change to do of inserting a new card into the um, into the the backplane of one of these these devices, and I. I messed up on the partitioning of the backplane. So what I ended up doing was was basically putting two networks on one. And so all of the servers on both of those two networks started beeping. Now, our office was next to the server room. You walk through the door and you've got a, you've got rack after rack after rack of compact ProLiant servers beeping at you. Is not very pretty. It's not a very very nice thing to be facing on your first day in a job. So you learn, you have to learn from these mistakes, right? Because no one was able to access anything because all of these uh, all of these devices went off the network. But like I say, you have to do these things to learn from it. So I mean, I mean, this is I, I learned a very important lesson that day, is that 
failure is temporary, right? It's it's about you 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 make a you you fail at something, you break something, you fix it, and you learn from it, and then you move on. And that that was you know you learn that instantly at that point. So, but no, I mean oh gosh no, there's lots and lots of stories like that about um, about things that went wrong. So, but we'll uh, we'll not worry about too many of those. <laughs> Great and. Uh... The next job was uh, you as a senior engineer at uh, Mass and Communications at 1998. Uh, yeah. Eight months you worked there. So yeah, I didn't experience? stay in that job very long. I uh, it was a consultancy role. So I was I was you know uh, at that stage I'd done some certifications in in Novell. Um, uh, you know, pr- pretty high certifications and and I thought I knew my thing. I was it was all good. Um, I didn't know much about Microsoft at that stage. I was still learning, really. Um, I'd, I'd kind of learned about the, the sort of um, the Ethernet side of things, about ATM and, and sort of network contracts. So I was quite happy, and and I thought, yeah, yeah, I can I can do better than this. I can I can do big, bigger and better things. And I got a bit of, ahead of myself, really. So I went to join this consultancy and realised very quickly that while I was a very competent network engineer i wasn't a consultant right i wasn't someone who could stand up in front of a uh, a room and present and explain design concepts and those sorts of things that was that was too much um and so well, eight months was was I, I lasted quite a while but i um wasn't my my best time it wasn't my best time um so uh, but again, you see, you have to fail to learn. So, so it was about about understanding what was wrong, and then go and finding something to uh, to improve that. So, uh, engineering is different from uh, consulting. So, how uh, you know you are, you, uh, uh, you say that difference the the two mm. persons in you, the consulting person and an engineer. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, for from. I suppose it's about the doing and the telling, isn't it? And 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 being able to and and to some extent the design as well. So so there's there is a natural progression through all of this that you, that you have to you almost have to do something to to understand it well enough to explain to someone else how to do it. But then you also once you so, and I thought I did that, you know, at that stage I thought I thought I was I was definitely at that stage. But the problem then is. You need to learn to how to communicate it, um, and I didn't have that in, in in me at all at that stage. I could I could write a document, but my uh, the way I wrote it was as if I were, were going to build it myself rather than explaining to somebody else how to do it and why to do it. And I think I think there is a, a more natural progression through engineering, um, through through almost almost start the support side of things into the development side of things so that you understand right this is ultimately we all have to build networks that can be supported because if they can't be supported they're not going to be able to run a service so that's the absolute bare minimum is the support and understanding from a supportability point of view yes the network can be supported to deliver the service so when you design and build something you have to build it so it's supportable that's that's ultimately you know where that sits so you have to have done support to start then you can kind of build understand how to build networks not just because you add this thing to that thing and connect this thing to that thing but 
but that somebody else is going to come in and have to look after it once you walk away. So so you once you've done that, you're then in a position to do the design side of things, to be able to say, right, OK, I know that to provide this service, I need to use a bit of this and a bit of that and bring those together and whatever. Do that high level design that you can then hand off to someone to go build, who can then hand it off to someone else to go support. And, and then you go a, a, a step above that, the architecture side, where you're then looking at, right, how how do people want to use this service and what does that mean in terms of what I have to deliver in the design? So you're then looking at, OK, um, server infrastructure or cloud or or, um, or where people are located and all of these kinds of import, more important application type things to say, I want to bring all those things together into into and build an architecture for the network. And then at the next layer down, someone will design that, those aspects of the network. The next layer down, someone will build that. The next layer down, someone will support that. And you've, you've got to make sure that whatever you architect up here is supportable down here as well. So I think I think that chain, if you can if you can build that chain into your career of of having done support do engineering, do design, do architecture. You're then at a in a position where you can sit down with a customer and explain to them at the top or at the bottom why things are the way they are and, and whatever. And, and for me, that's what I found. Um, like you say, that, that was almost a full start when I was doing that consultancy. It was like, oh, no, I'm not ready yet. So stop, go back. Do more engineering, do more design, more implementation to, to build up and understand all of the aspects that I needed to in order to be be this network architect who can then consult as part of that process. You, you reach a point where you can then be a consultant because you can sit down and you can understand all of the different aspects and explain why, why a certain uh, design is better than another. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's what my next question is. So mm -hmm. uh, this senior engineering position, how that is uh, in uh, senior engineering position in 1998, how that position, that knowledge, that information, that uh, uh, implementation and uh, 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 that that observations are helping you uh, to do a, uh, to be a good uh, network architect today. Yeah. Well, that, in, in that particular role, so so. It, it was interesting because it, it it was what it says senior engineer the the eight month one it was more like i say it was more working as a consultant so it was a really difficult balance but there were some really interesting things that you see and and this is important as well right if you go into something that that's a that's problematic you can still learn from that experience because you're still looking around you saying, well, what, what can I take from that experience? What can I what can I learn? And in that particular role, for example, I spent a lot of time um, almost working with people to try and take them from Novell services to Windows NT. It was at the time. So all of a sudden I had a door open about understanding more about Windows and, and the Windows servers, uh, server infrastructure. So it gave me the ability, to, even while I was struggling, I was learning something new. And I think that's that's probably the most important point is all the time look for something new to learn that that 
might not be in your core job, but it might be that it's relevant because it just sits outside or uses the services that are in your core job. So, um, you know, application development is, is you know, people, people are looking at um, uh, network automation at the moment are learning about application development. Well, that's great because it's not just relevant to automation. It's relevant to the people who are using your network service to go deliver applications, right? So, so the more you understand about what people are using your service for, the better equipped you are to build them the right solution. It's amazing. And uh, oh. sorry, I, while you're looking for that, did the, I realise there's a lot of noise behind me. Um, just to be clear, I've got a snoring dog down here um, and a shouting cat out there. So uh, there may be other animals as well in the background if, uh, as we go, but just ignore them. It's all good. Uh, it will be natural. Uh, yeah, exactly, natural. exactly. <laughs> so coming to your next job, uh, you started working as a network arc, uh, analyst in Royal uh, and uh, Sun uh, Alliance from 1998 to 2000, one year, 10 months. Yeah. So how was that experience? Yeah, so that was, that was an interesting time because um, what people were fast realizing at that stage was that, that really everything wanted to be Ethernet. Um, there was a lot of other networking technologies. I've already mentioned ATM and FDDI. Um, this was a financial institution, so there were they they were had mainframes, and where you wherever you had at that time IBM mainframe, you had Token Ring involved. So there was there was ATM, Token Ring, FDDI, all of these other things there, and so it was all about learning how how they worked, how they interacted with Ethernet. But then towards the end of my time there, we were looking at how you migrated on from e from those things to Ethernet. We started getting rid of the ATM and replacing it with gigabit Ethernet. We started taking out the token ring and replacing it with, with Ethernet connectivity into, um, into the mainframes and, and those are the other devices that, that were necessary to deliver those mainframe services. So it was there was a lot of understanding the very specific applications for for the, the the financial organization understanding what it took to deliver an insurance service but also um, looking at the technologies and how you move them on right so so it's all about the projects then of and and this is something you'll see every time you deliver a network project right through through your career you'll see this you have an existing network and you have a target network and you've got to migrate everything off this one to this one. But in the meantime, those two things are connected together. So there's always, your network grows before it shrinks back down again, effectively. So there's always a, a, a kind of technical debt issue to worry about here. You've always got to be concerned with how did things work? How will things work? And how will they work while I'm migrating from one to the other? Yeah. and and really really important because everything has to continue to work you can't just turn the network off move everyone onto the new one and turn it all back on again right there's there's just in in this day and age that is just something that can't happen now luckily we don't have quite so many complex technologies to deal with 
what we do instead is we build software defined networks that, that layer across the top and have all the complexity there instead and it's we just move complexity around really is all we, all we ever do so we've just got to be concerned with right how does some, one thing work how does the other thing work and how do they interact so that's what i really learned from that that experience i think so before that uh, you worked as Before that, uh, you worked as a uh, senior engineer. So how that senior engineering position helped you in uh, uh, doing your network uh, analyst job? I think um, I, th I think all of the jobs, I mean, this is this is the thing. It's just an accumulation. You're always gathering more information and more knowledge. So for, for that, if you, if you go back to the very beginning and all the stuff I knew about PCs and about servers, and then um, as I moved on to, to talking to looking at migration approaches, take those two things together, and then that that led into what I was then doing at the insurance company because really it was about understanding how projects um, are, are built and then how you execute on them to to move things on. I mean, the, the the biggest problem with with most network projects is you you start with an existing, you you have a new, and you go through a migration, but you always inevitably leave something behind. There's always something that's left over on the old. It might be that com you could compared to to that, you know, it may just be that you're just you just got a little bit of the, the old network left, but it's still there, and so. I think I think that whole idea of of the complexity of the interactions between old and new and the idea of technical debt, where there's always a bit of some the old stuff left that you have to handle and deal with. Those are the things that I learned and took on with me into that role, I think. Great. And. Uh, uh, you were. Uh... Uh, you were working as a, a senior infrastructure and uh, analyst at 2002 uh, 2004 in uh, HBOS. So how yeah. was that experience and what uh, that job taught you? It's it's interesting because it's really a, a very similar role, but the, but the next stage. So so then it was about not not just implementing someone else's work, um, but but building projects myself. So so if you imagine that 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 with with started with the support role we've thought that we could do consultancy and then sort of said no we can't do that and gone back to an engineering role so really spent the time delivering other people's projects now this next role was all about building my own project so starting to do the design work and and whatever in order to, to so that other people could deliver the projects so it was really then a question of all those things i mentioned about understanding support understanding what it takes to deliver bringing that into a into a low level design type role where you're really now sort of saying well okay technically where do i put my vlans where how do i connect my devices where do where do i route that traffic how do i use this the capabilities of these boxes in order to deliver the application services my customer wants so it was another i mean this was a, another bank so from a change perspective, it was very tightly controlled. Um, 
and obviously there was a political aspect to what we were doing as well. So it was really important that everything was properly developed, um, implemented it within within time constraints and tested properly before before the change was completed. And so really that was what I learned through this process really was the fact that that in this kind of organization, you, these were the things that you needed to do to make sure that you kept that level of availability across uh, um, across what was a, a you know super important uh, organization at that point. So yeah, I think I think the, the 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 really important aspect was was exactly that was about the fact that this was a you know that the organizations have different requirements for change and different requirements for network availability and that you have to adapt the way that you deliver that um, to match and and so again it's it's starting to become this isn't this is this job then wasn't about just networks and just just the technical aspects but listening to the business side of things and starting to say well what what do the business need in order for me to make sure that we maintain our availability and and we were you know because it was so controlled because it was so so well structured we managed to keep the the network completely available so so for that time that you you mentioned there um we didn't have anything approaching a major outage which affected everybody there were pockets of outage but but no um no major outage that affected everybody so so understanding technology understanding how the infrastructure and the and the uh, technical things works and also un uh, understanding the requirements and the business needs uh, uh, of of the organization how these two these two are two different fields business and technology so how this engineer in you and this uh, a person who is very good in communicating and understanding the uh, you know the, the the technology and giving mm -hmm. what things technical things are uh, required to match the uh, uh, needs so how you are able to do that work yeah it's uh, i guess it's really about understanding your users right so so and 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 it's pretty it's 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 now i think of it it's really obvious and yet it's it's not a lot of the time because because we do get we do don't we we we, we sort of we're working on a technical problem you go look down at that technical problem focus on it right if in order to do this i need to make sure i can do this this and this but what you what you and and this is this is the point really where i learned that what you've got to think about is is not just that that you have to do something but it's the impact of doing that on on everybody who uses that service so i guess i mean the, the answer to your question is to go listen, go find it, go go listening to people who who use your service to find out what their requirement is for you, because if they can't use their services, their application services, whatever whatever it is they're using, their their IoT infrastructure, their you know, it, <laughs> if people can't get into the building because the network's down, because the the the, the card swipe's not working, you know, these are the kinds of things that you make you realise the impact of of a network ultimately that network underpins everything that happens in that organization now right there are no such thing as manual processes anymore in terms of in terms of how the business functions 
So you have to consider all the time. You have to be thinking, right, if I make this change, does that affect anybody who's using this this networking service? And it is it's a it's a shift in the way you think. But again, it feels to me like it comes with experience. If you've gone through this process of of understanding the support, so where you're answering effectively answering tickets and dealing with with one off issues to building um, networks to other people's specifications. So understanding the technologies and understanding how it all pins together to then look thinking about designing that, but making sure that because this is the point when you get to that point when you're doing the design, you have to start thinking well what am i designing why am i designing what i'm designing it's all about delivering a service and making sure that you understand what that service requirement is because what's the point in in building a network that's super high available and and it's got two of everything and you know dual links here and there and everywhere if you've got an application that they only run once a week there's there's no need for all of this this expense and this resilience if there's no requirement for it in order to deliver the service so you've got to you've got to make the effort to understand what those services are that are running on the network and and what the implications are for that network if that makes sense so uh, understanding the communication between devices and uh, the physical things the technical things and understanding human beings uh, uh, communicating with them, uh, which one you like? Tra- communicating with the <laughs> machines or uh, with the human beings? Um, but if if I'm honest, that the, the whole point of networking is that you do both, right? And and I think that for me, it's being able to, it's being able to t- communicate with the humans, understand what it is that they want, then go in and communicate with the machines to make sure that they deliver the right thing, right? And then coming back to the humans and saying. This is is this what you need? And then going, yeah, that's what I need. That's that's the what the bit I like is when they go at the end going, yeah, that's exactly what I was looking. And then when you can give them something else that's a little bit even better still, you know, then uh, yeah, it's it's same with everyone. We all we all want to make sure that we get the right um, the right feedback for the things we do, right? So so everyone wants to wants that. But the only way you can deliver that is if you go at the very beginning. And make sure that you understand what the requirement is before you deliver something. So you are saying that uh, the engineering position and uh, the support position and uh, uh, anything uh, which you did in the ground level helped you in uh, understanding things better today in this position. Completely, completely. Because, like I say, if if you can't see, see, this is the thing as well. When you when you build a network. And so you, when you architect the network and you design it and you implement it, if you can't support it, if you can't maintain it, if it can't, if it can't be, you know, if the support people can't make sure it stays up, then you're not fulfilling your brief of, at the beginning. You might have designed the most fantastic network. And it might be super intricate. It might have loads of different protocols running and redistributing and be really, really complex, but deliver a technical solution to a problem but if someone can't sit down and, and maintain it if something breaks then then you may as well not have bothered you may as well just have, have given people people you know a wire because um 
it needs to be able to deliver the service and keep delivering the service and so it needs to be maintainable needs to be supportable so if you've if you've been in a position where you understand how difficult it is as a support person to keep that service going you're not going to design something as a designer that would have made your life more difficult back when you were a support person does that make sense so so there is that that continuity all the way through and i think you you learn things as you go and you take them with you um and you're always thinking what makes service best that's the key great so you also worked as senior customer engineer in 2004 from 2004 to 2008 so how was that experience senior customer engineer yeah so that was very cool that was working for um a large um would you say service provider kind of i mean basically i was i was out working with customers so doing design work doing and uh, implementation work for customers directly so understanding so going to different customers understanding different requirements from different types of organizations and implementing networking to to make those things happen now in that time um towards the end of that time i i did my uh, my ccie and it was almost like having a massive ccie lab of lots of different customer networks to go practice on so i would you know one one um, week i might be looking at, at building uh, an mpls network for for one customer uh, another one i might be uh, looking at dmvpn or whatever you know their, their wan infrastructure and because it was it was literally different a different technology every week and just learning 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 and and i was actually working with um another ccie at that time who was doing all the design work and he was amazing i mean he was an incredible guy this amazing brain um he would sit me down on a monday morning and say right we're going to do we're going to design something this week we're going to design an mpls network this week um, and over the week, you would on a whiteboard from top to bottom design this this MPLS network and and work out all the config that's needed and so on. And then the following week, you'd just go configure it and build it. Um, you you can't buy practice like that for a particularly for a CCIE or something because it's we were just doing it every day. Um, and so that was for me that was it was a very um a very selfish role for that for me that one because i'd spent all of this time getting to this stage um from the ground up and now it was about about me take just taking in as much as i possibly could from from my mentor and and from the uh from the customers we were working with in their networks fantastic uh really really good um but then, you know, I got my CCIE and all of a sudden things change when, when you get to that stage, so. Great. And uh, next you worked as a network architect uh, in Vocalink uh, from 2008 to 2009, one year you worked. So any experience yeah. that you cannot forget in that position as a <laughs> network architect? Yeah, I mean, that one was interesting. It was because it was um, basically I got my CCIE and and all of a sudden I was I was, you know, able to implement these these incredible networks and all the rest of it. And then 
I didn't do any more implementation for a year. I was I went to I went to do um, design work effectively for um, for um, another um, another financial organisation, and so it, it was a, a year where I sort of, sort of shifted my focus a little bit really and started looking at security. Um, I did I built a, um, a remote access solution and various other other bits and pieces around security. Um, and so I spent really, again, I was going back to learning about an organization and about their approach. This was, if anything, even more regulated than the bank that I worked for previously. So so this was very, very tightly regulated, very well understood, very, very structured. Um, and it was really just an opportunity to. Yeah, to, to just. Um, stretch myself in an, in an area a, di- a bit different to the one I'd focused on previously. So using different vendor equipment, we were using Juniper firewalls and, and various things at that point. Um, just really branching out a little bit and try, trying a different thing. And uh, you worked as a network solution specialist for one year, 2009 to 2010. So how was that? So this was at another bank. Um, and doing more security. So this was again a thing of going well. Actually, so at this stage I was freelancing, right? I was I was on contract, so I was working working contracts to to uh, to really gather more experience and and understand more things. So so I'd I'd done some Juniper firewalls in that year, so I moved on to this new role where it's again a bit more Juniper firewalls, but F5 was my my big thing at this this um, organization, and it was all about low balancing about global traffic management about um again a bit bit more uh, security from the firewall perspective but it was about external services so we were building all of the online banking capabilities and these sorts of things the outward facing services not dealing with internal customers but dealing with customers across the internet okay and so again it was about take everything you've done and then learn something new and bolt it on and keep learning more and more and more and, and get an experience of doing new things. Um, for me, it was the first time I'd really sort of got into into the structure of applications and how applications are delivered and how they work uh, for customers and, and really sort of get into the nitty gritty. Um, the, uh, the F5 um, was a great product at that point. I don't know how, thing, how it is now. It was really interesting to learn lots going on with that. So, uh, and their their educational material was fantastic. So, again, a lot of it was a learning experience. Awesome. And next, uh, you worked as a solutions architect at uh, Vocal uh, Vocal Link. Uh, yeah. From 2010 to 12. So, network solutions architect. So, how was that? So, this was this was going back really to to the organisation I'd been at previously, taking what I learned from the the, the contracts in between um, into a role where where they had a particular requirement. So, so what happened? The organisation um, had they had two data centres in in the north and two data centres in the south um, of of England, and these data centers were all different they were they you know they weren't very well structured they were all different they were 
stretched VLANs and all kinds of horrible things going on across across the switched infrastructure. The switch infrastructure in the north was um, so sprawling that it actually you could you could almost lose packets from one end to the other. You know, it was it was unbelievable. The the the, the because of the way things have grown organically. There were some really interesting problems around around these sorts of things. So what we did we did was I got I got brought back in to work with the team on on creating a new a completely new data center infrastructure using um, Cisco Nexus project uh, products which had only just come out at that stage. Um, so it's all about building Nexus Nexus 7K Nexus 5K Nexus 2K um, both north and south can interconnected across. Uh, you know gigabit um connections um across the country you know this was this was um and then securing it so using using firewalls or whatever in order to carve things up and so it was really really interesting because obviously from in in this sort of organization that that 100% availability is super important and so we had to really really dig down and understand exactly how applications were working so that if you pick it up and move it into the new infrastructure, it works, right? It's got to work. It's got to fail over, and then it's got to work when you bring it back. So, so this role was, it was, it was all new switching infrastructure, which no one had dealt with before, because even Cisco were, were at that stage, um, cagey. Um, let's just say that it was, it was an early implementation, um, but then we would you know it was this whole thing of actually digging into the weeds of understanding how applications worked and mapping them out so that you could understand this has to interact with that which is um you know if you, we're going to pick this dns service up and we're going to move it into behind a firewall so we need to create firewall rules to allow this thing to be able to use that service and so on and so forth and it was mapping all of these things out was the key part to it but it was you know it was ultimately successful. I mean, they, you know, and and it was super important that we we dealt dealt with it in that way, so that we could maintain that availability again. All comes down to that. It's the business requirement, yeah. It's it's uh, understanding what that means and what the implications are for that. Great. And uh, you worked as an uh, consultant engineer in 2012 to 13. I'm just trying to think who that one was for. Which one was that? Gosh. Um, At uh, B, uh, BT INET. Oh, oh yeah. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, INET. Um, yeah, I mean that was that was the thing. So, so I got to a point where that where that project um, sort of reached a reached a conclusion, and so then I moved on um, again back to to a, a different part of BT. Um, but as as a consultant, so this is this is the point where now I've realised, actually, I've I've managed to to sort of accumulate enough knowledge and experience along the way in order to 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 really become uh, a consulting engineer is what that that kind of role was. So it was actually delivering service to a customer, but doing the the sort of low level design aspects as well, right? So it's all of those things, um, and with again with lots of different customers and and working on different types of projects every day i was going from a um from a dmvpn rollout maybe to a 
um, to a security piece, to a um, starting to use. I mean, we at that stage people were starting to use um, ISE to to deliver um, 802.1x capability into the network. So we were doing those things. You know, we were we were sort of small to medium sized companies delivering them the new service and uh, and and really just working with them to to understand how the impact of what we were doing on what they were doing so yeah so i was just really starting to stretch my legs a little bit with the with the consulting side ready for the next job wow and uh, you worked as a, a technical architect networking at AN, ans group yeah so that that role I actually joined as a consultant. Um, I worked as a consultant for probably three months, and then I was given the opportunity to be promoted to to a technical architect. And and really, what that meant was in that organisation was working with the bigger customers on on architecture. So working with them, helping them understand how we would deliver large projects and break them up into smaller pieces of design work and how they'd interact um but also overseeing a team so now now i was i led a team of of network consultants and so i worked with each one of those those guys in the team to help them to 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 be um an escalation point if they had a problem or if they had a a particular design query or whatever they wanted to ask They'd come to me first, um, but I'd also be be there as a, a kind of a mentor to help them develop themselves in the way that I'd developed. So now I was getting into a, the, the position where I was able to help other people do the same things that I'd done to, to build them up and, and give them the opportunity to do new things. So uh, I stuck around there quite a while because there was a lot to do in that. We were, we were always looking at new technologies. We were always looking at um at really making sure that our people were able to manage them and in those new technologies as well. So so often I would learn a new technology first so that I could then hand it off to to um, other people in my team and that sort of thing. It was it was cool. I mean, ANS are I mean now they're a, a major um, cloud um an application development um organization they the the cloud is is the biggest part of what they do and we were early to that party about really pushing an understanding from a networking point of view what it meant to be in the cloud you know that was super important um a lot of other people all just went right okay yeah ah cloud you just bolt it on the side and you do some stuff over here and it's and the magic happens and completely miss the fact that there are really important um, aspects to it that you need to understand from a networking perspective in order to make to, to deliver a service. Um, and so it was really, really important. My team um, very quickly got up to speed with understanding what it meant to be in the cloud and to connect to the cloud. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was an uh, interesting time. Great. And uh, you worked uh, uh, right now. You're working as a contributor in in it six hashtag in it six and uh, yeah yeah. So so um, in it six is an interesting thing. We we um, 
through through all this time, obviously, I mentioned I'd, I'd got my CCIE. I, I also picked up a, um, a CCDE. Um, so that's the design expert qualification. So so I'd, I'd gone through that process, and after I'd been after I'd been that for a while, and I'd, I'd been involved with a couple of um, community things, just just. I got some contacts. I did some work on the on the Cisco um, community website and various bits and pieces. I was approached um, to join something called the CCIE Advisory Council, which is a Cisco um, organization within the learning or uh, the learning part of Cisco. Um, and what it is is a basically it's a group of about thirty of us, thirty CCIEs who are out who who don't work for Cisco. Who um, can, Cisco used to consult on the certification program. So as they make changes to the certification program, they'll talk to us about it, and we're, if you like, the voice of the engineer on that on that process. So we help them understand what the outside world wants from that from that program. Um, and we were just looking um, at the DevNet uh, certifications. They were just starting to to be um, worked on and developed, the ideas were starting to come through, um, and a group of us on the uh, on the council decided that that this was actually something that was going to change a lot. You know, it was going to change a lot of the way that we do things. We could all see network automation was a thing, but all of a sudden there was a um, a structure to it and a way to approach it and a way to get there. And the idea of of providing certification in there to give people the push they needed to actually do these things suddenly so worked for us. You know, there were so so basically there were about six of us initially. We all got together and we started saying, well, look, what we'll do is we'll take people on the journey with us, right? We'll 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 learn the stuff ourselves and we'll record videos and we'll have discussions with people and we'll do things and we'll make noise to help people to push people on and 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 bring them with us and that was in it six so the idea with within it six then so so there's a youtube channel um there's i think you can you can join us up follow us on linkedin or whatever and there's a there's a i can say there's about eight or nine of us now um and and we it's all about mentoring it's all about taking people with you and as you grow people grow with you yeah that that's what it's all about and so um yeah basically we're getting old right <laughs> and and we want to give some of our knowledge and experience to people who can do something with it right um rather than, than us getting old and, and it all disappearing so uh yeah that's that's the idea but yeah it's good fun i mean the, the guys are awesome they they are so talented um and they've got so much knowledge and experience that it'd be an absolute waste if they uh, if they didn't share it. So I'm just glad to be part of it. So you are a network automation right now. So how this complete uh, uh, information you uh, acquired and uh, collected through all the jobs that you did, how that complete uh, uh, you know uh, that observations, how things yeah. work, the technological things, devices, servers, data centers, the complete universal knowledge of this networks. How this complete uh, information is helping you to boost yourself and do the work that you are doing as a uh, network automation evangelist. How that is pushing you for, forward? I think I think it's uh, I think it's fairly 
obvious that network automation network automation's got a bit of a, a, a an image problem i think a little bit because because if you look at what most people talk about um, when they talk about network automation they're talking about automatically pushing configuration or policy into things whether that's through writing scripts or whether that's through using a, an SDN controller or, or whatever. But ultimately, it's about having having some template stuff and pushing it into devices to make sure that, that those devices are configured in a standardized way. And I think there's so much more to what network automation can bring. Uh, and this is this is where it sort of goes back to all of the things that I've talked about, really, about about providing a service. Because if you think about if you think about a new application when it lands on a network, the things that need to be um, to be done to that network to make that application work might be you might have to um, create a new VLAN in your data center infrastructure. You might have to trunk that VLAN to the servers. You might have to route that that subnet for that VLAN into the into the network and into the WAN. Um, that WAN might be an SD WAN. It might be a, a standard WAN, or it might be VPN tunnels. You might have to make changes in the firewalls to allow access to that that application. Um, you might then have to make changes at your um, access network in order to create a new SSID for that application to be. Um, for people to get gain access to that application from a particular plot part of the of the organization um and you might have to i don't know change your security so it can get to the internet or whatever so there's a whole bunch you can see a whole bunch of different changes in different parts of the network infrastructure that need to be made to deliver that application right and i think network automation in itself will, will address one part of that over and again because you can yeah i can push a vlan here or yeah i can push an ssid there or yes i can do this and yes i can do that but what you need to be able to do is orchestrate that into one one activity and then make it quick and this is the problem right is the agility everyone's always complained about the agility of a network team the problem with with those things i just talked about was you might be talking about three different teams there. You might be talking about someone, a team that looks after the WAN, a team that looks after the data center, and a team that looks after the campus networks. And so you might have to raise changes into the three different ones, and they might not necessarily know exactly what the configuration is that the other one is de delivering. And so they have to sit down and, and, and go through it all and understand it all and so on and so forth. The point with the automation here is to do to coordinate all of that and bring all of that together um, to have that single view almost of the whole thing not just one part of it um, so this un uh, this complete uh, knowledge that you earned uh, in being different positions and uh, you're not only just uh, 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 you know acquire knowledge you are, you're giving that uh, back to the society back to the organization back to the human beings uh, you're helping them in understanding uh, the, the entire uh, the, the technical things. So, yeah. how uh, what do you understand uh, the, 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 the completely about uh, uh, these networks and data centers, servers? How this complete package uh, that uh, we as a human beings 
are uh, uh, doing with uh, you know doing doing and uh, creating impact in the society how this is how what we are going to give to the next generation sure sure no i think that's a really it's a really good question um and and of course the the danger with something like um automating everything means that people people don't understand necessarily everything that's happening they just assume oh yeah no if i just automate the things then all i need to do is run the automation and everything will be fine um i think i think it is whatever it, whatever happens it's super important okay to understand the fundamentals of of what networking actually is and how it works and don't trust the automation to do to solve all your problems because what otherwise what will happen is you'll you'll have the automations and when something isn't quite right you just run the automation again and hope that it the hope that it fixes the problem and whatever and you lose sight of what it is you're trying to achieve so so i mean it's not really the the question you asked but but i think the most important point is that you build your knowledge up you understand from the from a fundamental level what it is that that's going on in the network and then you you layer on top of it your extra understanding as you go i the 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 message is often um that automation simplifies your network doesn't at all in the slightest um and sdn doesn't either what it's doing is hiding the complexity not making it simpler um and i think it's really important to to appreciate the difference there because if anything it's it's a worse position to hide that than it is to to have it and make it and have it visible you need to understand where you've got two networks that come together how they interact because if you don't understand that when that overlay breaks for whatever reason you're never going to be able to fix it you're going to have to get someone else to do it for you and i think that's just going to slow the whole process back down um so it's all about understanding how how everything works together to deliver that consumable layer i suppose that 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 layer on top of of automation is fantastic because it makes things consumable but you still need to understand what's going on underneath that layer um and it is more complex than than it's probably ever been because it needs to be in order to de- to deliver services the way that that we need them delivered does that make sense yeah so one general question Mm. so you understood the information transfer between devices you you understood the connectivity between the 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 things the machines which have no life so what do you say about the communication between human beings how do you relate that to the 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 reality that's wow yes um, that's deep um no it's 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 a really good really good valid point that i mean and and we see it see it today actually it's interesting i've just noticed um apparently facebook have had um fewer logins um through january than any month or or, or sorry than than they did in the previous month so it's for the first month ever where people fewer people have logged in right to, to facebook and i think that that tells a tells a little bit of a story if nothing nothing else that you think of that with the pandemic and and whatever that we've just been through or just been going through um you've 
you've got to stop and have human time, right? You can't you can't think that the machines are gonna gonna um, gonna always serve those communication needs. It's brilliant. It's incredible that I can stand here in England talking to you thousands of miles away and you're set up on your phone, um, you know, and we're chatting like this. It's awesome. Absolutely incredible because it gives us a, a pers- an opportunity to connect human to human. I think the danger is that what, what you don't want to do is, is the, the sort of get too wrapped up in the mass communication aspects so the you know the facebook's the 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 um the social media is is great but it's really not as well and i think it is that thing of being being cagey and and just be, be looking after you out for yourself a little bit and just making sure that you don't just allow all of that information in without having the ability to stop it and just walk away from it you know and i think that it's a, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? I think I think it's been a brilliant tool to connect with like-minded individuals and 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 um, to share information and and that sort of thing. But you also have to be careful that you don't end up um, being bra- brainwashed. Is a strong word, but it's but it's that kind of idea of 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 just letting letting information come into your to your mind and just believing it you know and and i think you have to be you have to be critical about the information you're receiving but um but yeah i think it's so it's an interesting challenge i think isn't it it's brilliant for one-to-one brilliant for for when you when you trust the people you're talking to but when that that information's coming from places you're not so so sure of be critical and, and be and think carefully about what what it what it is before you uh, you assume it's uh, it's good. So human networks and uh, computer networks, how these human networks, the connectivity between humans, relationships, and uh, connectivity between places, countries, houses, uh, areas. How uh, be, uh, I'm talking about the connectivity between uh, human beings, mm. different religions. Uh, different uh, ideologies, yeah. different philosophies, all these uh, human networks. Uh, is that possible for us uh, as a technologist to create something? We, we Like you saw the upgradation, you saw the technology uh, changing uh, gradually in your complete experience. You saw according to the need, uh, human is developing yeah. and creating something which is which helps uh, and which, which, which reduces the human effort, physical, yeah. mental energy. So you saw this. So is it possible for a uh, for us as a human being uh, to, like you said, automate everything, do everything by machines? No, no, no human needed for this. Wow, life would be boring then, though, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, gosh, I, it's interesting actually. I read um, I read a book. Let's see if we can see it here. Yeah. Now this is an an old book. This is this was published back in the, I want to say 19, um, it could be even the 1920s. So it could even be about 100 years old, if you can see that one. It's called The Machine Stops by Ian Forster, and and yeah, it's it's very um, it's very Victorian English literature. But the story is that um, essentially everybody lives underground right there's been some uh, some some uh, apocalyptic event 
and everyone now lives underground and everyone relies on a machine to to do everything for them so there's there's kind of tv communication and there's 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 tubes underground that that where where uh, machines bring you food and you can you basically don't have to get out of your chair to to live and and survive and then one day the machine stops and it and and it's just a story of 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 what that means and you can there's a parallel because if you imagine the internet is effectively the same thing um you could couldn't you you could just live in a in a i could i could live in this room and have things delivered to me and talk to whoever I want to talk to and so on. But I think, you know, there's a really important thing that we need to, to sort of, um, we, we need that human connection. That, that's super important. Um, and we need to make sure that we, we understand, you know, the, the, the differences between us, but, but really not allow those differences to, to, to affect our, the, the way we behave. And I think this is this is the key for me. This is a great enabler because how else would I be able to talk to you? Right. I you you, you contacted me um, through through Twitter to, to, to chat. We, we started chatting and now, you know, we'll we'll stay connected and we'll continue to exchange. So, and that's because you're a human and I'm a human. Um, we're interested in the same thing right networking and and that's what we do and i think if we take it at face value like that then then it's really no different to 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 face to face communication in in person it's just i couldn't possibly do that unless i got on a plane and came over to see you you know i think i think the opportunity is there to use this for 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 good to to really just break down some some barriers and and really sort of enable communication that wasn't possible before but i think the the biggest problem is as the problem has always been with with humans is the getting past our differences isn't it it's it's um it's men talking to women it's black people talking to white people it's it is what it is and and we we need to take responsibility for ourselves to to get past that and break those those things down i think so you know, I, I just think it's tough. I'm just modern modern life doesn't make it any easier um, with with the crazy social media um, site. And this is where the problems do come, right? Where you have these the the opportunity for extreme views to be to be put forward and people to subscribe to them. You know, without without thinking about it. And there's this if you think of it, you could argue things like social medias and hashtags might actually be automation of thinking uh, to some extent because it's like say taking that that you you remove that 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 critical thinking from your brain and just let and let um you, you let twitter feed you um nonsense about a hashtag that you might be interested in and you just accept it and take it in you know you've got to be critical So, uh, as an experienced person, I'm sure uh, you you understand the information transfer between uh, uh, the uh, between uh, the Earth and uh, the space station, <laughs> the networks. Sure. Right. So, how uh, as a human beings, uh, how far we went uh, uh, in terms of information transfer? Where we went? Uh, are we still on the Earth, or uh, we went? You know, Elon Musk is saying that uh, we have to build 
uh, it's important for us to build uh, uh, houses or colonies in Mars. And uh, and also he, he he said that it's important it's it's important human to have an alter alternate. So as a as a person who is into network and understands uh, this data center, you know yeah. how safe we are. Are we able to give the safe information to the next generation? If if this conversation is heard by wow after hundred years, if somebody is hearing this conversation, so what do you want to tell to those people about present things if they are hearing this and uh, uh, that important points that help them in creating uh, the better technology or uh, the better things. It's a, I, I guess, wow, that's a great question. You caught me out with that one. Um, I guess in my mind, it's about never losing the ability to question, isn't it? It's about never, it's about always thinking about what you're hearing and and validating in your own mind. Is that is that right? Is it is it and and not right as in as in correct. I mean that's important, but right as in as in what suits uh, you know it, it, your moral and ethical stance. We have to we have to be able to have retain that 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 critical thought. Um, gosh. What a great question. Um, I think I think there are enough people who who believe the the the, the right things um, that that we can get past these sorts of issues. Um, but they but people do need to be critical about what they hear and not accept I'm and I'm not being a, I'm not a crazy I'm not someone who's going to say accept nothing and and go looking for the truth and and finding it in weird places and whatever I'm not that what I am is is quite a I'm a I'm pragmatist I'm I'm I know and understand that the world can never be perfect I know and understand that that media can never be perfect and whatever what you have to do is is be responsible for your own view and so I'm, what I would say to anyone who's, who would listen to this in the future was I hope you I hope that's how we were. I hope we won. Um, and I hope that's 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 how you are. And I hope you continue to think that way. It's a really good question. The, 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 it's interesting. I was talking to um, I was I can't believe how lucky I was. I managed to, to, to um, talk to uh, a guy called Vince Cerf. I don't know if you if you're aware of this. Dr. Vince Cerf is a. Uh, um, he is an evangelist for Google, but he actually invented TCP/IP. Right? He's he's the guy who invented TCP/IP. He also there's a squirrel just run past your head. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> um, so you take joy in small things. It's really key. Uh, but he he um, has worked on the protocols they use to communicate with the space station, right? With the with the ISS. And um, some of his work is is being um, uh, used in preparation for the the the, um, the journey to to Mars because communications is going to be super difficult, isn't it? It's it's like something out of a sci-fi movie when you think that it's going to be there's going to be a period of time of time delay between message leaving leaving Earth and, and making its way to uh, to Mars, if there is a colony gets set up there or whatever that is. 
And so we need to, you know, we need to understand that and, and we need to be responsible enough to make sure that it's used in the right way for, for anyone who does make that journey. Um, it's going to be super interesting. I, I would have loved to have done it. I suspect I'm going to be too old uh, to, to do that. But uh, certainly your generation and the generation beyond that um, are in for a hell of a ride. It's going to be awesome. So uh, at, at last, uh, so how far we went, uh, uh, the information that we sent from the earth, how far it went and uh, what is our capability or capacity to communicate and what is the distance that we traveled? As, as far as you want, I mean, I mean, it amazes me. Um, I, I'm, I'm quite a fan of, of, uh, of the, the, the space programs. I, I spend a lot of time, for way too much time, um, looking at the um, at what's happening with the different probes that are sent out and, and all the rest of it. And when you start to see that um, we're already, you know, almost reaching outside our own galaxy um, with with the probes that we're sending out and all the rest of it. In some ways, we're already communicating, you know, way further than we ever thought possible, right? So um, I don't know. It's a really interesting point. You can't imagine, given the way that we communicate now and the way we understand the physics of our, of our galaxy in order to, to communicate, um, I can't imagine a way of of stepping outside that and being able to to maintain a level of communication but when you think back i mean it's only wow what 300 years ago we didn't have the capability to communicate other than in the written word um much beyond uh, you know the, the the length of my house you know i mean that's things things have moved on so fast um the, um, and our understanding of physics and, and has moved on so fast that we're able to, to communicate like millions of miles. Well, I mean, that's 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 just crazy. And yet, you know, who knows how whether we'll be able to communicate light years, you know, if we find out what things about wormholes and and whatever physics change as soon as you as soon as you monkey around with with these sort of celestial bodies. Right. So. Who knows? Who knows? I, uh, I, I I would love to find out. I, I would love to be around to find out. So last one, uh, uh, if if SpaceX or NASA is watching or listening to our conversation, so what is your valuable advices to them about the space study? Sorry, mate, I missed that. Missed that question. Try again. So if uh, if a SpaceX or a NASA, uh, you know, uh, network uh, specialists or uh, uh, people who are working in it, uh, so if they are watching or listening to our conversation and uh, they're listening to you, what do you say? What great advices that uh, give uh, you give to them uh, from your experience, which helps them in uh, creating uh, the great things? I I probably don't have much <laughs> much for them really. Other than other than to continue to listen to the people who've been there and done that, um, the fact it, it it I think it's super positive that you've got someone like Vince Cerf 
involved with these things and and there'll be others of course as well um who are who have such an innate understanding of the of the of the the challenge that they're able to contribute when the physics are are beyond my comprehension and 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 i think that's that's the key is to because these are people who have have seen that challenge already and and conquered it within the limits of of the the physics here on earth and so take that take that experience and apply the new physics and and you're able to to move that on and i think that's for for me that's the key is 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 really to to not don't reinvent the wheel don't try and do things in a different way use the experience and the knowledge that, that that we've already accumulated so much of in such a short space of time i mean the the internet is is not even 50 years old yet right um uh work you know work with that work with these people while we have them um to to know uh how to how to even approach these problems going forward but um yeah i mean ultimately the community right it's all about using the people who are here and uh and you know making the most of that that collective knowledge so before closing what do you say about uh, this conversation what do you feel and uh, what do you say about my skills and my uh, work on my youtube channel no it's listen i i i am super super glad to be doing this this is awesome and it's great to see um just just keep it up mate keep it up the the i was i was really surprised that you approached me um because you know i'm just a, i'm just a, some guy in england doing doing this stuff right um but it's really cool um going beyond breaking barriers down but but going beyond the normals the norms of just just picking people you know to to talk to and stuff i think it's really really important the the idea of community is is for us to share right that's the point of this so if if anyone can take anything at all from anything i've said today then that's fantastic because i think most of what i've said applies whoever you are and wherever you are um i don't think there's anything that's that's particularly specific so if it's useful use it um one of the reasons we did in it six um was that we're all old geezers right we're all in our 50s and 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 we've been doing this a long time and it's really difficult I mean, mentoring is great on a one-to-one -one basis where you can sit down with someone and, and share with them but it's really difficult to share your knowledge and you and more importantly your experiences with a wider audience so so what you're doing is fantastic because it's that opportunity for people to do exactly that for why why not learn if you can't have the experience yourself why not learn from someone else's experience right and and that's what you're enabling in doing what you're doing so keep it up it's good stuff so uh definitely if uh if one person or uh, if uh, a, 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 if one person skills or anything if if a single person on uh, from anywhere on this planet uh, changes uh, them listening to you improves their skills or uh, changes their way of uh, 
looking at things and uh, if that helps in uh, their personal development or personal growth that will be a great thing uh, if yeah. they watch or listen to this conversation and you will be the contributor you are already contributing through your uh, work uh, through your organization to this planet but still uh, you took time for me and when i asked you you didn't said no you you gave me opportunity <laughs> to interview you and uh, yeah. allowed me to ask some questions that's a great thing and i'm sure uh, if we, even if it take, affects one person it creates impact on one person's thinking that will be a great thing uh, this time will be worthy and uh, i'm sure the words if, if if this video is saved in server or data center and will be played in after 100 years that will be a great thing some information will be helpful Yeah, that would be incredible. Now, listen, thank you for the opportunity to talk. It's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, as I said to you before, I'm always always happy to talk about me, but So, uh, can I put this video on my YouTube channel with your permission? Totally. Yeah, yeah. And 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 by all means put my contact details on as well. So, if anyone wants to reach out at all, um more than happy to uh, to to contact uh, people. Yeah. That'd be great. So I'll put your uh, web links in the description of this video. People who find our video on YouTube can see it. Uh, if uh, people are listening to this uh, uh, conversation on podcast, you want to spell your uh, social media or and your website? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can do. So, so yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Um, it's at Darren Fullwell. So that's um, D A R E N F U L W E L L. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn so so yeah just search for me on LinkedIn you'll find me there easily enough and uh, uh yeah always happy to connect and and uh, and speak more if uh, if anyone uh, if anyone is interested yeah for sure so thank you so much uh, uh, darren uh, can, can i put pleasure, this uh, also can i put can i also put this uh, audio and video clip on my podcast website internet social media everywhere with your permission Yeah of course no no trouble at all whatever whatever works for you mate So thank you Dan keep going keep doing uh, what you love and also keep uh, uh, helping uh, more people and uh, your contribution means a lot to a lot of people Well th- thank you for saying so it's very kind of you and uh, yeah good to see you and keep in touch Yes sir sure thank you Nice one take care bye see ya